What do you want to change in 2019? That was the title of uh, an email I received earlier this week. It was from uh, the obstacle course race, the Spartan. Uh, they sent me an email asking what I want to change. And so I clicked on it, uh, and it, it gave me several options. And three of them were, do I want to change my eating habits? Do I want to change my workout routine? Or do I want to change from doing just one Spartan race to three Spartan races? Uh, which that one was not even an option for me. That was just crossed off the list immediately. Uh, but what do I want to change was the question going into 2019. And it got me thinking that between Christmas and New Year's, that's when really that question becomes big in a lot of people's minds. What do we want to change in the upcoming year to make life better? more enjoyable. What do you want to change in 2019? For some people it is eating habits and and workout routines because they want to be healthier. They want to get in shape. For, For others, it's spending time doing things that we actually want to do, not things that we have to do. So people want to change their routine so that uh, they can spend more time reading. Spend more time uh, gaining experiences, going and and doing things, going and seeing places. Some people want to change their routine so they can spend more time with family. Uh, There are headlines all over about things to change going into the new year. And I know some of you here are hoping for changes. Some of you are looking for a job change. Some of you are looking for a career change. Some of you are looking for all kinds of changes. But let me ask you, what do those changes actually do for your life? Bring more enjoyment? A little more happiness? Maybe longer life? But really, all of the changes that we are looking for only bring temporary happiness, temporary pleasure, temporary everything. Even longer life is temporary. So what changes can we make going into 2019 that have eternal impact on our life? That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to do so by looking at John chapter 1. John is one of Jesus' disciples, and he wrote a biography of Jesus uh, called John. John, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written 15 years after Jesus died and ascended up into heaven. By that, 15 years after, those three were making the the rounds to all the churches in in the known world, and they were reading the Gospel of Jesus. John waited to write his Gospel until 90 A.D. when he was an old man. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they deal with kind of what Jesus did and look more at that. John says, let me take you behind the scenes and tell you what Jesus said. And that's what John's all about. And he starts his Gospel with a Christmas story as well. It's a little different than Luke chapter 2. Luke gives us just the details of what happened. John gives us the details of how it impacts our life. So today we're looking at John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That is how John starts his gospel. He's talking about the Word of God, and I'm going to tell you, he's talking about Jesus. We're going to see in the next sentence after. But John calls him the Word. The Word was with God. 
the Word was God and He was at the beginning. Jesus, John says, was in the very beginning. He has no beginning. He has no end. He was with God in the beginning and He is God. Jesus has been around from all time. All things came from Jesus. Jesus never was created. He is God of gods. He is God over all. And then John says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's John's Christmas story. The Word became flesh. God became flesh. Took on human nature. Became human like you and me in every way. He took on human needs. He took on human frailties. He took on human emotions. He would experience everything that we experience. He he would cry. He would eat. He would sleep. He would get hurt. He would get sick. And he would eventually die. He became human like you and me in every single way, except he was still God. So he was sinless. He was perfect. The Word became flesh. At Christmas, God stepped into human history. And John says, We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son. John says, look, I'm here to testify. I'm here to tell you that we have seen His glory. We have seen that He is God. We have seen everything that He's done. Later on in his Gospel, John says, if every miracle that Jesus did would be recorded, there wouldn't be room in the world to hold all the books. That's how much Jesus did. Imagine everything that John saw as one of Jesus' disciples, every miracle that he must have seen. You, you, you read the Gospels and you, you think, wow, Jesus did a lot of miracles. But that's only a, a scratching the surface of what Jesus had done and, and the glory that the, the disciples got to see of Jesus. It's at Christmas that the Word became flesh. And it's at Christmas that God became human and completely changed the direction of our life. And He did so by coming from the Father full of grace. And so that's your first point this morning. Jesus changes our direction by introducing us to grace. Grace is 100% undeserved and unconditional love. It can't be earned. You can't be worthy of it. It's just given freely. That's what Jesus introduces us to. 100% grace. Any of you George Strait fans? Alright. George Strait has a song that is all about grace. And it's a great illustration. It's, It's called A Father's Love. And if you know the song, great. If you don't, let me tell you about it. First verse. Uh, is about this boy who gets sent home from school for fighting. And he's terrified for dad to come home because fighting was against the rules of the house. Didn't matter for what reason you're fighting, it was against the rules. And so he stood trembling, waiting for dad to come home because he knew he didn't earn his dad's love. He knew he wasn't worthy of it. And he knew that he would be punished. And when dad gets home, dad tells him, Son, let me tell you a secret about a father's love. The secret that my daddy said was just between us. Daddies don't just love their children every now and then. It's a love without end. Amen. That's grace. That's grace. The boy didn't earn his dad's love, but the dad said, I love you anyways. 
This is what Jesus introduces you and me to. He introduces us to grace. And if you want to start grasping God's grace, His love for you and me, ask yourself, what business did the Word have in becoming flesh? Why would God become human being, a human being like you and me? It was only for one purpose, to save us. Why, what have we done to be worthy of such attention and care from God? Why would the Son of God become human being for you and me? Why would He want to save us when He knew that we would be hostile to Him? Why would He want to come to this world and save us when He knew that we can't even go throughout a day without sinning multiple times against Him? The only reason is grace. The only reason is love. Undeserved love. And that's what we have because of Jesus. That's what Jesus introduces us to, is grace. And we see that at Christmas when the Word became flesh. And this grace completely changes our direction in life. No longer are we strapped by guilt. We know that our sins are forgiven. No longer do we have to try to earn God's love and favor because we know that we have it simply because of God's grace. No longer do we have to worry about our track record. No, one, no longer do we have to worry about messing up in the future. We know that God's love is never going to be taken from us. And how great that is, because we want to be loved and accepted by God. We want that. And yet we know we haven't earned or deserved it. And yet God says, I love you. Look, the Word became flesh. Now we know that there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. But there's also nothing we can do to make God love us more. God loves us the most. And we see that grace when the Word became flesh. This is what Jesus introduces us to, and it completely changes our direction in life. But He also introduces us to truth. John says, The Word became flesh. He came from the Father full of grace and truth. And that's your next point. He changes our direction by speaking the truth to us. Truth is what everybody wants. Philosophers of all time have been debating what truth is. And today, you would hardly hear anybody say that there's really objective truth. Uh, People say there's all subjective truth. And that's when you start hearing people say, uh, I'm going to speak my truth, you speak your truth. What's true for me might not be true for you. But you have your truth, I have my truth. But do you know what's the problem with rejecting objective truth? Is that you can't say that anybody's wrong. If there's no objective truth, then you can't say that what Hitler and the Nazis did was wrong. You can't say that a murderer is wrong. You can't say pedophilia is wrong. You can't say that sex trafficking is wrong. You can't say anything is wrong because it's true for them. Might not be true for you, but it's true for them. When Jesus was on on trial before Pilate, he said, Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus, the perfect Son of God, the God of this world, is truth. And he introduces us to truth when he became 
flesh. He says, look, I am God. I've come to save you. I, I promised I'd come, and now here I am, and I speak the truth to you, and that, is, that changes our life. No longer do we have to wonder where we came from, where we're going, what our purpose here is. We don't have to wonder what life is all about. We don't have to wonder where we're going when we die. We know all of it. And it's because of God's truth to us through the Word who became flesh. And finally, He changes our direction in life by one more way. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. Nobody has ever seen God but Jesus, the Word who became flesh, has made Him known to you and me. Take Jesus out of the picture for a second. What would you assume about God? You'd probably assume that we'd have to pacify Him or appease Him in some way. You'd probably assume that if we do good things in life, God's going to bring us good things. If we do bad things in life, He's going to punish us and strike us down so that we know how to get on the, back to the right path. That's what we would assume about God. We wouldn't know anything about Him. But when the Word becomes flesh, we see the heart of God. We know the heart of God for us. And George Strait captures that in his last verse of that song. He talks about when he, having a dream when he died and he was standing outside the pearly gates. And as he was standing there, he, he realized that there must be some mistake because if they knew half the things he did, they'd never let him in. But then from the other side in heaven, he hears those same words. Let me tell you a story about a father's love. Secret that my daddy said was just between us. Daddies don't just love their children every, every now and then. It's a love without end. Amen. That is God's heart for you. And the only reason we know that God has a heart to love us and to save us is because the Word became flesh. It is through Jesus that you know that God has a heart to save you, has a heart to love you, has a heart to forgive you. It's because of Jesus that you know that when you stand outside those pearly gates, that God's going to say, come in. I want you to come in. I want you to be with me. And the only reason you know that is because the Word became flesh. And it has completely changed the direction of your life. No longer are we going to spend eternity in hell. We're going to spend eternity with the Father in heaven. And we know it because of Christmas. It's completely changed your direction in life. And so let me ask you, how is that going to change 2019 for you? Is Jesus part of the changes you want to make in your life? Are you planning to uh, come to church more regularly and be in church where you can hear about Jesus? That's one of the changes you want to make? Is one of the changes you want to make doing more daily devotions so that you can grow closer to Him? Is it more maybe uh, rearranging your routine so that during the week you can come to a connect group, uh, which is starting mid-January? Just a little plug there. <laughs> You see, what we tend to have to admit is that Jesus has completely changed our direction in our life and has impacted us eternally, and yet a lot of times He doesn't make the priority list for whatever reason. 
He doesn't change our day-to-day life very much. And doesn't that just make you want to stand before the Father like the Kid and George Strait song, trembling, scared? And yet that's what Christmas is all about. Yes, we haven't earned God's love. Yes, we haven't earned His favor. And yet at Christmas, the Word became flesh and has introduced us to grace. The Word became flesh for one purpose, to live and die for us. To rise again and open the gates of heaven, to reveal the Father's heart for us, and that is a heart of forgiveness and love. A heart that says, you screw up all the time, and yet I still love you, accept you, and want to be with you forever. This is what Christmas is all about. The Word became flesh for us. And so I encourage you in 2019 to make the changes necessary to make Jesus more part of your life. It doesn't have to be big. It it, it can be kind of small, but make some changes. Maybe it is waking up a little earlier so you can spend five to ten minutes in your Bible. Maybe it is finding a devotional book to read daily. Maybe if you're married, maybe you start doing uh, devotions with your spouse and praying with them. Maybe it is a, a determination that says, I'm going, to make, I'm going to be in church at least three times a month so I can grow in Jesus. Whatever it is, make just a small change to make Jesus more part of your life because He has made an internal impact on your life. He has completely changed the direction of your life by introducing you to grace, to truth, and revealing the Father's heart to you. May God be with you this week and, and in the coming year as He continues to change your life every single day. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank You for coming into this world to change our life completely. You have introduced us to grace. You have told us the truth and You have revealed the Father's heart to us, that He has a heart to love us, to save us, to forgive us. Help us to to make You a big part of our life as we go into 2019, that we may grow more and more in You. In Your name we pray. Amen.